Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast based on the book by the same name and helping you to develop your skills of adaptability, empathy, critical thinking, integrity, being optimistic, being proactive and being resilient. These are skills that each of us has inside us and we can actually learn to nurture and develop them each and every day. Series four is all about interviews with people who I believe in some way embody these skills and have inspiring stories to tell. And today I am delighted to be welcoming Briar Harvey to the show from Omaha, Nebraska. Briar is a pretty amazing woman. She homeschools her children and she is a trauma and loss survivor. And she has a great business that she's running and um the reason i wanted to talk to briar without knowing her story beforehand uh was because she was keen to talk about forgiveness and forgiveness as a daily practice and forgiveness of course has a very strong link with empathy it has to start with you if you don't have empathy for yourself it's going to be very difficult to have it for anybody else so briar's got a really powerful story to tell about forgiving yourself having compassion for yourself and it's a very moving story it's actually quite a heart-wrenching story um, i had no idea before i spoke to her what she was going to be telling me so i was moved uh shocked um and inspired by how she is handling her life how she has come to terms with what happened and how she uses that daily practice of forgiveness as a way of life going forward enjoy the interview So I am delighted to welcome Briar Harvey to the podcast today, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome, Briar. It's lovely to have you on the show today. Thanks. I'm so thrilled to be here. So tell me, what made you decide to come along and be on the Seven Skills for the Future podcast? So I've been talking a lot about forgiveness lately, and it felt very in line with the work that you're doing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to come and have a conversation. Great. That's exactly the kind of interviews that we love. Um, forgiveness, uh, I, f- for me, that has a very strong link with empathy, compassion, acceptance, all of these kinds of things. Tell us more about your work in this area. So my journey started five years ago. I was pregnant with my third child. I was 36 weeks and I had a complete placental abruption. So Mm. I very nearly died. The baby did die and it it became a very you know my birth was traumatic in and of itself but Mm. some of the choices that led up to that so the very very short version Mm. i live in nebraska which is one of two states in the country where home birth is illegal Oh, okay. So (laughs) my choices for birth were to go and deliver in a hospital Mm -hmm. or to deliver at home unassisted 
without mm. a midwife mm. because this was my third child and I'd had two previous typical pregnancies and I was a trained doula and my best friend was a trained doula. I thought, surely I can handle this birth mm. is normal. I was going to give birth at home. It was going to be lovely and amazing mm. and fabulous. And then everything went wrong. And the first words out of my mouth were, oh my God, I killed my baby. Mm. Because I had made this choice, right? To mm. not go with the excessive medicalized birth. I'd had some shadow care, it's called, from a midwife, mm -hmm. but I had not seen an OB. I hadn't had any ultrasounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of this is fairly normal in terms of how you view birth from country to country there i imagine not having ultrasounds for you probably not a super big deal here in the states that's a very large thing and it's a it's mm. a fringe choice to not have ultrasounds right right but i felt like i could handle it and i felt like i could do this birth thing mm. and sure enough it did not go the way that i had planned mm. so so you didn't have any ultrasounds throughout your pregnancy no. is that right okay no. okay so that, that's unusual for here as well i think even with home births we i i considered one at 20 weeks and decided not to everything was normal mm, the baby mm. was already engaging properly mm. it looked great you know mm, mm. it seemed like it was just going to be a normal typical birth right up until the moment when it was not a normal mm. typical birth mm, mm. oh my gosh what what an experience what a what a tragedy for you so forgiveness then for mm. me was forgiving myself right mm. i had mm. to learn about forgiveness because i had to learn how to live with myself mm -hmm. the reality is i have been told by a number of doctors and midwives that the nature of my abruption was spontaneous no ultrasound would have mm -hmm. caught it unless I'd been seen a couple days before. Yeah. So the reality of it is it wasn't really my fault, mm -hmm. but it sure mm -hmm. felt that way. Yes, right? yes, yes. So how did you how did you navigate your way through that through that trauma? Because I was so anemic in the aftermath and I had two older children who I was homeschooling at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So I had all of these things, responsibilities, this life that mm -hmm. I was obligated to in some way participate in, even while I was just totally and completely shattered. Mm -hmm. So systems became very much a part of my everyday existence. I would get up 
and mm-hmm. I would make my bed and I would get dressed in clothes that I had picked out mm-hmm. the night or the weekend before because when you are dealing with great trauma or loss or depression, the decisions like getting mm-hmm. dressed or what to eat, those are the hard yeah, ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so overwhelming to have to choose that the more you can make those choices mm-hmm. ahead of time, the easier mm-hmm. they become. Mm-hmm. But listening to you, I, I can only imagine that you were going through a range of different emotions and experiences. So it's, it's, it's trauma, it's grief, um, it's ru- ruminating over what might have happened or, you know, could have been different. It's a whole host of different emotions there, right? Depression. I mean, you, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I had pre-existing mm-hmm. mental health issues. So it was a, it was a quite... Mm-hmm. A heavy load to carry. I mm-hmm. obviously saw a trauma therapist, but the biggest part of it for me, mm-hmm. honestly, was mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. regular journaling. I think that we underestimate the value of purging mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. thoughts onto paper. And there's something about the act of writing that we know scientifically there's a lot of research that backs how we feel Mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. we have written certain things and in the case of trauma journaling when we tell our story or we talk about how we feel we have the ability to process Mm -hmm. and come Mm -hmm. to terms with those emotions if we don't talking helps but writing is a conversation with yourself Mm. and it's it's physically writing isn't it by hand that's that's the most powerful and when you have that conversation Mm. with yourself you really you have to be honest you can't you can't lie to yourself or it doesn't do you any good so Forgiveness then for me became very much a ritual part of my day Mm -hmm. and a choice Mm -hmm. that I had to make every single day that today I was going to forgive myself and today I was going Mm -hmm. to move on from this thing and then we could begin because it's you know it's been five years Mm -hmm. and this will never go away Mm -hmm. for me it'll never get better it'll just get different it's an Mm -hmm. easier load it's a load it's a load to carry it's it's part of your your life it's part of your existence yeah always always one of the sympathy cards I got after the baby died was from a much older member of my church congregation. And she said, you'll never forget. Mm. It's been mm. 60 years for us and we haven't. And it was mm. very, mm. Mm. it touched mm. me. To That's know. interesting as well, because you often hear, I don't particularly like this cliche at all, but you do hear uh, forgive and forget um, but that's not what this is about, right? It's not forgetting. You can't forget. No. When, 
So I, I think we look at forgiveness frequently not in the best of ways. I have found forgiveness mm. to be a gift I give mm. me. It's about me and me alone. And I have some traumatic relationships that I have had to come to terms with. I am not in contact mm. with most of my family of origin at this point in time. And I certainly have forgiven them because I needed to, but mm-hmm. it's for me, mm-hmm. not for them. Some behavior it does not mm-hmm. deserve to be forgotten. Some behavior mm-hmm. should be talked about at length. Some mm-hmm. behavior needs to mm-hmm. be called out more frequently. But that's not, forgiveness isn't for those yeah. people. Forgiveness is for you. You forgive them yes. so that you can move on with yes, your yes. life. That's such an important it's, it, insight, it's for isn't you. It? Because it's often thought of as being about other people. But what you're saying is actually it's something you need to do for yourself and something you need to do every day. Um and in that way, you're able to, I mean, we, we, we say, uh, I, I write about this in the book, but also on the workshops, that the, the empathy has to start with you, has to come, has to start with yourself. If you don't have empathy for yourself, mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to have it for anybody else. But it's also an important part of having boundaries, right? You have to be able to say, I accept you for who you are, but that does not mean that I have to allow Mm. you or your behavior into my life. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. And that's very healthy when when we can do that, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not easy to do. It's not an easy thing to do. (laughs) No, it's not an easy thing at all to do. It's a very difficult thing to say, no, I'm sorry. Mm. What you are doing to me is not appropriate we really shy back from that and mm-hmm. and we have to be able to speak for ourselves in the ways that matter and have you been able to have those kinds of conversations with some of the people in your life well it these days it tends to get pretty deep pretty quick with me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i've st- I've stopped doing things that aren't meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. I've stopped participating in activities that I don't enjoy. I've stopped having conversations that don't fulfill me. And it's, this is not about not being involved or paying attention because I am very politically aware, but I generally don't want to talk about those things with people because I don't think that it serves us anymore. Mm. I feel like the conversations we are having are very fraught these days, and it is important to have the ability to have 
deep, important conversations and have boundaries around what you will and won't talk about. Mm-hmm. That's That also sounds really difficult to do in practice. <laughs> it is really difficult yeah. to do in practice. Yeah. And you have to, I think for those things, for me, I've worked as, as an introvert, especially, it's important to me to have like little mental scripts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If a conversation comes up that I know is venturing into territory where I do not want to go, I have little mental scripts of things that I can say. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you feel very passionately about XYZ thing, but this is not a conversation I am willing to have with you Mm -hmm. at this time. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we can table this and come back to it at a later time when we are feeling less passionate. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever whatever lines you have to give yourself <laughs> yeah yeah and I guess it's also about picking and choosing uh not only the kinds of conversations that you're willing to have but but who you who you want to have them with and mm-hmm. is, is there ever a case where you think actually I could have that conversation with that person but I'm not going to I don't need to you know I acquired something on I believe it was reddit many moons ago that I found valuable. Does this thing need to be said? Does this thing need to be said right now? (laughs) And does this thing need to be said by me? Mm. And often, (laughs) one of those answers is no. (laughs) So it's really easy to walk away when no, no, this, no, no, this does not mm. need to be said by me. This may yeah. need to be said by somebody else, but yeah. not by yeah. me, not at this time. I do, I do like that because, because the urge to, f- for it to be said by me right now, this minute is quite mm-hmm. strong, isn't it? You, you know, mm-hmm. we have a natural urge to put it right or to say our piece or to, you know, get that point across or make that point. It's quite a strong urge, isn't it? You know, I feel like one of the most radical things you can do these days is to choose to not have an opinion. But when you choose to not have an opinion, you're keeping an open mind. You're keeping your options open. Mm. So I think it's really important to be open to the options. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to get in trouble for this occasionally. Well, you should have a stronger opinion about this, but my opinion isn't going to change things. So not having one allows me to continue to take in alternative perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just allowing yourself to be open in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And looking at your life, now, I mean, okay, it's, it's it's five years on from this awful, awful. I can't even imagine how how horrendous it, it it will have been for you at that time. But but five years on, obviously that's still there. It's very strong, very painful, I imagine. And you talk about everyday forgiveness for yourself. So, and and you've talked about rituals and routines and ways that you do that um can you say a bit more about how that what that looks like for you every day you said you have said some things but a bit more about your how you go about that every single day so 
In physical practice for me now, this is actually, I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so writing is difficult for me. While I love the actual process of writing, especially as we get into winter, the act of writing becomes difficult for me. Mm -hmm. So I do most of my journaling in Notion, which I am insanely crazy about as a system and what i do is i use the uh talk to text feature mm -hmm. on my phone mm -hmm. so i will i have prompts in my daily journal page mm -hmm. and i will just record specific thoughts sometimes i type them out if i'm feeling nimble and sometimes I write by hand. I also really like to use um, my stylus mm -hmm. on my uh, technology. It's so lovely these days. I can still mm -hmm. write and have it convert digitally mm -hmm. with optical conversion reader mm -hmm. text. So it's mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, and the questions that I ask are very specifically, what am I letting go of today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, that's where I'm finding my forgiveness. What am I hanging on to that I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what comes out of that every day is different. You know, mm -hmm. there's, always, there's always some different revelation about what I'm hanging on to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's emotions. Sometimes it's things. Sometimes it's really old disappointments or mm -hmm. memories from the past. It's a very open-ended prompt that really allows me to dive deeply every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is something that we can all we could all do this journaling that you're describing. I think it would be this question, this open question. I love that question. Do you, do you find that particular times of the day are better for writing? So I am a true night owl. Mm -hmm. And I try not to push my personal schedule onto anyone else <laughs> because I am not one of those people who can wake up in the morning and do those productive journaling type things. <laughs> I spend the first hour of my day on Facebook or Reddit. <laughs> That's so refreshing to hear because we're constantly being bombarded with how we need to be productive in the mornings, aren't we? <laughs> We are, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm a night owl. I come alive mm -hmm. after dinner time. <laughs> My husband takes the kids. It's his job to do bedtime. Mm -hmm. And I put my headphones on and I have three to five hours where mm -hmm. I just sit and write and create. And that's my time. <laughs> and I love to do my journaling then. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's what works for me. I really... For for regular, consistent daily writing activities, whatever the appropriate time is for you mm. is going to depend a lot on your natural chronotypes. Because, and the more I learn about chronotypes, the more I find it, 
it, it's tough as a mm -hmm. night owl. The world mm -hmm. is not set up for me. <laughs> and this is why having a business of my own has been such a blessing mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I can do the work when I want to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And not when the clock says I should be at work. Briar, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming onto the show and for being so willing to share your story and your journey. It's a really powerful story that you have. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Could you, um, you know, we have listeners from all over the world uh, listening into this podcast. Um, where can they find out more about you and about the work that you do? The easiest place to find me is just on my website at briarharvey.com. You can um, find the work I'm doing, the programs I'm running, um, writing of my stuff is there. Yeah, my podcasts right. live there. It's all there. Great. We'll make sure that uh, that website's in our show notes. And I want to thank you once again very, very much for coming onto the show today. Thank you so thank much. You. It's been great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Seven Skills for the Future podcast. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where podcasts can be found. If you want to make sure that every new episode ends up on your phone, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a five-star review so more people can find out about the show? If you'd like to stay in touch or send in one of your questions for Emma Sue, then go to Unimenta on Twitter, 7Skills for the Future on Instagram, or at unimenta.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, there's the book, 7Skills for the Future, available at booksellers everywhere.